Welcome to the Mindful Salon Jedi podcast. This podcast delves deeper into the foundation of building your salon business through mindset mastery. Your salon growth starts with you. I'm your host, Caroline Sanderson, the Salon Jedi. I help salon owners just like you transform into Salon Jedi masters of your own salon business. I help you work less on the tools to work smarter, not harder, so you can confidently lead your team, if you have one, into high performers for more profits and more freedom. We're going to start with the Mindful Salon source code. A lot of you might be familiar with this already. Um, so the mindful, each one has a little lesson in itself. So we're going to start today up here where it says mindset. So let's dip into <coughs> the mindset system. And again, we don't have time to go through all this, but we're going to look at programming. We're going to look at the, how the brain works and our thinking and our attitude. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. A famous quote by Henry Ford, which is basically saying, if we believe that we can do something and we think that we can do it, we'll do it. Whereas if we think we can't, then we're right because we get whatever we think about and whatever we believe to be true, we get more of that. So, for example, let's take a look at this super self, supercomputer. So, Imagine your brain works like a computer, okay? So it is, it has its programming. So if you have a computer or your phone, it comes pre-programmed with an operating system. Well, our brain is like that too. We are, let's say we're born, we don't have any limiting beliefs when we're born because we're born fresh. But all our experiences, everything we see, the people we listen to, the things that go on around us, what we see, what we hear, what our senses kind of take on board, the emotions that we felt, all these things that become memories and also it's like our brain takes a snapshot of them and they become our current operating system of today, as in our limiting beliefs, our blocks. So if, if we have a limiting belief that's holding us back, like somehow, let's just say it's around money. And let's say your limiting belief is that somehow it's bad to have money, that there's something noble in not having money. There's something noble in being poor or giving. It's not good to receive, it's only good to give. If you have some kind of limiting belief based on the stories and the fairy tales that were read to you as a child or based on, what you've seen and heard around you as you were growing up, then of course, in this life today, it's like because this is your belief and your internal representation of yourself, your brain only shows you and brings into your world exactly what you believe. So it doesn't matter how hard you try to chase after that money and you're thinking, how can I not seem to get past this level? Just when I think I'm getting somewhere, somebody leaves the salon, I'm back at square one and for years and years, I just keep earning the same amount, I can't seem to get over it. Because somewhere in your programming and operating system, there's a rooted belief, a limiting subconscious belief that that is all you're worthy of or that somehow having more money is not a good thing. 
you know, because that's evil, that's bad, you know, having money is greedy or whatever it is. So we have these sort of money or self money stories, our self image of ourselves, so what we're good at, what we're not good at, how we perceive ourselves and our identity. This is our programming. And we and the way the brain works, it protects that programming. When we have a belief, the brain only you know protects that and only shows us stuff that is aligned with that belief. And we progress that operating. So it's like, for example, going back to the computer, you've got the programming, and that program is protected by an antivirus. And then we progress that programming by giving it upgrades. We give it upgrades, don't we? And then we keep the computer polished, we keep everything in files, and we keep it all neat, and we keep it in a little bag to keep it all fresh. So think about our brain in this way. So we have our operating system, we have our programming, our brain protects that belief and only shows us things aligned with those beliefs. We progress that belief by looking for evidence of that and hanging out with people that share the same beliefs. It's like more evidence of this kind of limiting beliefs where we say, see, I told you I wasn't good at that. Or we hang out with other people that share the same, which cannot, which is sometimes, you know, limiting and disempowering. I'm not saying that we don't have any empowering beliefs. We have, but that's not what we're talking about today. You know, these are great. But I'm talking about the disempowering beliefs that are keeping us stuck and holding us back. And then, of course, it's almost like we keep it polished by having, it's almost like this hard shell around our beliefs, this fixed mindset, and we're not letting anything else in. I can't do it, all this kind of mindset. I can't do it. I'm not good at that. This is too hard. But the good thing is, just like we can change the operating system of a computer, we can change the operating system of the brain. We can retrain the brain. A lot of it is just, you know, we can, we, the subconscious is automatic and it rules us. It absolutely rules us. That's like when you go and say, I'm not having any more chocolate but your hand is reaching for the chocolate. And you're like putting it in your mouth and you're consciously going, I don't want this, I don't want this because I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> but the subconscious is ramming that chocolate <laughs> into your mouth because the subconscious rules, it rules, but we can change it because all it is, is changing your habits. As you change the habits, it changes the programming. It creates new neural pathways. So we can start to say empowering things to ourselves to completely change what's going on in the brain. Our limiting belief sources are things like our planted beliefs, like family, education, culture, religion, the people that we listen to. is like we have these planted beliefs past beliefs, negative experiences from the past that become the I am beliefs of today. I am not good at that. I am rubbish at that. I am too old. I am too overweight. I am too short, too tall, whatever it is. Present beliefs, your present circumstances defining I can't. Oh, it's coronavirus. I can't do this. I can't do that. I never say that. I, I'm not going to say that statement to myself. I always ask, how can I? I make my brain start to think, how can I how can I still make money during coronavirus? How can I attract new clients, still attract new clients during coronavirus? How can I make sure that when I reopen again that we're busier than ever and that we're making up for the last sort of three months? How can I make sure, et cetera, et cetera? I'm asking, how can I? Not saying I can't. Okay, so let's look at the mindset map. 
and how the brain and the mind kind of works as well. This is my sort of take on it. So when so our state, our energy state, because we're all made up of energy, okay? So our energy state, the state of energy that we're in, gives off a vibration. Imagine it's like a radio frequency. We give off a vibration. And we can only attract results based on that vibration. Think of it like a magnet. It's like a radio station. You can only, just because you can't see it, you cannot see the frequency, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And we just take it as, you know, okay, I get that because it's a radio at work, so your brain believes it. But sometimes when you start talking about vibrational frequencies, because people can't see it, they're like, what a load of rubbish. Okay, but there's more and more evidence out there in neuroscience of the amazing way that the brain works. So when we are giving off the state of energy, whatever vibration that is, we attract results on that vibration. So if we are like helpless, victim, can't do it, I'm useless, I'm rubbish, low self-worth, do, 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 do. This is a low vibration. If we're gossiping, if we're bitching about other people, if we are blaming, naming, blaming, shaming, all that kind of stuff, it's all low state, low vibration actions, okay? And when we're on a low vibration and a low state, we're attracting results based on that state. And we're taking low vibration actions. So when we're feeling really low and we don't have the energy and we're feeling really sorry for ourselves, whatever it is, or if we're angry, and all these low vibration kind of frequencies, we're not taking high impact action of, yeah, I'm growing my business, I'm gonna do this today, and I've got this list to do, and I'm gonna get this done. And you're just, you're not, you're just exhausted and you're getting results based on that level okay you're getting results based on that level you're not getting the higher level results so to get the higher level results we need to lift our state and lift our vibration and to lift our state and lift our vibration it can be dependent on how we speak to ourselves so the questions we ask ourselves and the statements we make so rather than saying i can't do that which is a statement we ask ourselves things like, how can I do that? Okay, so how do we get better results? We ask better questions, make better statements, take better actions. That's how we raise our vibration. It's like, think of the brain like a self-search engine, or as my mentor Andy Harrington calls it, human Google. So when you go into Google or search engine and you type something in, let's say you type in little black dress, Google goes away and it finds whatever is relevant to whatever you have put into that bar. And it will come up with everything relevant to do with little black dress. So think of your brain when you're asking it questions. That's what it is. You're asking a question and the brain goes away to find answers related to that and realities related to that. So when you say things like, why can't I ever, I mean, fill in the blank, why can't I ever lose weight? Why can't I ever make money? Why can't I ever negative, negative, negative? And of course the brain goes away and goes, okay, let me check that. Well, you can't do that because of this. Well, you can't because of that. Remember that time you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. It's bringing up everything relevant to that disempowering question. Why do I always have to 
be the last one cleaning up at the end of the night? Why do I always have to be the one, blah, 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 negative, negative? Again, when, we, when I say to people at my events and I ask them, fill in the blanks, why do I always have to? And they'll always answer with something negative. They don't go, why do I always have to be so awesome? <laughs> it tends to be followed with some, it's like these actions and these things that we're saying to ourselves over and over and over again, mindlessly, mindlessly is disempowering us day after day after day. And then we wonder why we're not getting the results that we deserve when we know that we're capable of more. We're smart, we're intelligent, we've got the skills. Why do we keep coming up against a bloody brick wall? Because we have to be more mindful of how we talk to ourselves. It's just this mindless, you hear, you heard your parents coming out with these mindless quotes and you hear them chatting to all the neighbors and all their friends of these mindless quotes, these sayings that are so negative. And then we just think that's normal, so we do it too. Disempowering. Change them. Be careful of what you put into your mind. Be careful of the affirmations and the statements that you say. Why does he always leave the toilet seat up? Why does she always nag? You know, it's always something negative after. Why does it always happen to me? Because you keep believing that it does and you keep giving your focus to that it does and you keep saying things like, why does it always happen to me? And your brain goes away and brings you the awareness of what you're programming it to give you. Seems simple. Nuts, isn't it? We need to start saying more and asking more empowering questions. When something goes wrong, how can I fix this? If a situation is going downwards, what good can come of this? When you're having a bad day and something is such a struggle, what good can come of this? Because sometimes it looks like things are going completely wrong in our world when actually they're coming together perfectly. Have you ever had a situation where you think something's going wrong and it's turning out for the worst only to find six months, three months or a year down the line, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that happened because if it didn't, this wouldn't be my reality today and I'm so grateful for what I have. Has anyone ever had a situation like that? It looked like something was crumbling and going wrong, but actually it was perfectly shaping up your future. So for example, that day I crumbled in that staff room, it was like the world was crumbling around me, it was the end, where actually it was coming together. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have gone in and trained my young team. I had four weeks to go in and put systems in place, tell them about all the customers, put little notes in about hairlines and you know all the little things that you did, teaching them four weeks to systemize that salon. I never would have done it if my manager hadn't walked out. So more empowering super self statements. I believe in myself and I trust in my ability to succeed in all I do. Talking, I can do it, I will do this, I am doing this, you know. I create, I have a dream book and I write in it, this is one of the first things that I really started to do, was I would put all my dreams and goals into my dream book. 
uh, because there I can connect with my desire. There's no resistance in the way. I don't worry about how I'm going to achieve something. I just want to connect with the feeling. When you're connected with your desire directly, like you can feel it and, and you know, you're, you're shopping online and you're looking at all the things you want to buy when you're making the money you want to make or when you've had or the book that you want to write or whatever it is or up on stage speaking to people, all the things that you want to do or find your partner or move house, whatever it is, is not thinking about how you don't need to think about the how. You don't need to know that right now. What you need to do is to be able to have a clear vision of what you want and connect yourself to that clear vision as in feeling it, acting as if, running it in a, as a video in your head, like a mind movie of what it feels like to have that. Imagine, you know, opening that dream car door, sitting in it, smelling the leather, the holiday, what's it feel like going in the pool, whatever it is. Or, the, or freedom or, you know, escape if you're in a bad situation, you know, being out of that situation. When you are purely connected to that desire, there's no resistance. But most people, they lose the connection to the desire because they're too focused on all the little issues that pop up in day-to-day -day life. And it knocks them off track and their focus comes away from the desire and starts to focus on the little negative setbacks, which happen to us all, that pop up sometimes daily, weekly, monthly. They're there. It's life. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Even when you, you know, I'm working with some of the best mentors in the world, they'll tell you it doesn't go away. We're emotional beings. So things still scare us. Still, you know, we have a reptilian brain in here still that, you know, fight or flight that thinks that a dinosaur is going to chase us. Things still give us fear. But it's been able to handle those emotions. It's been able to understand ourselves better. It's been able to commit to consistently putting more positive information in here to reset it and start to feel better about ourselves. The things I used to be scared of, I mean, terrified of, I could never have thought of doing something like this before and coming on to, and speaking to all you guys. I would never have, like my biggest fear was speaking on stage. And my last event, there was about 130 or 40 people there. That was my worst nightmare before. But I kind of, I, I've just, gotten used to retraining my brain, retraining my brain, pushing myself out of the comfort zone. The brain wants to keep you comfortable. When you're out of your comfort zone a bit, whether it's, you know, going on stage or investing or, you know, where you're scared of kind of parting with that cash to invest in something or you're scared to um, coach, become a coach or a trainer or scared to go live to your audience or scared of shouting about your talents or, oh my goodness me, the list goes on of the things that we fear. But I just started to get more comfortable with pushing myself out of my comfort zone, if that makes sense. Being more comfortable with being uncomfortable because I know it's temporary. So let me explain. Let's say one of the things that I'm most proud of that I ever did in my life was stop smoking, actually, because it's such a difficult thing to do. I don't know if any of you are smokers now or used to be a smoker. I was a smoker many years ago, and it was one of the hardest things to give up because it's such an ingrained habit and pattern. But not only that, in here, the habit of, you know, this habit, 
there's also the, the nicotine addiction side of it. So there comes a time when you stop smoking or stop doing anything. I'm sure you can all relate to something that you've stopped doing, some disempowering thing that you've stopped doing. There's a, a time that's very uncomfortable. You're out of your comfort zone. You don't have that crutch. Do, do you know what I'm saying? But then after a time that you retrain your brain to become a non-smoker or whatever it is that you're stopping doing, it's uncomfortable. But you're retraining your brain because each time you're not doing it, you're creating a new habit and you're creating new neural pathways till all of a sudden you're like, oh, I haven't thought about cigarettes for a week. Oh, I haven't thought about it for a month. And then before you know it, years pass and you're like, you're a non-smoker. And that's just what you are. And it's comfortable. It's your new comfort zone. Well, that's what it's like. You know, when we start to change disempowering beliefs about ourselves or having to get out of our comfort zones to create what we want, yes, there will be a period of uncomfortableness. But when you're absolutely determined that that's what you're going to do and you know that you're just retraining your brain, retraining your brain, and you know it's going to get more comfortable in the future, you've got to find the ways to kind of push yourself. Let me Other state changers, meditation, if anyone meditates, gratitude, you know, being in gratitude keeps us in a good vibration. Obviously, having fun keeps us in a good vibration. Music can really lift us when you're feeling down. And if you feel your vibration dropping, it's getting that power song on your headphones. Um, movement as well. Movement, uh, you know, if we are, you know, exercising and we are sitting up and we're in an energy state rather than sort of down and slouching and that kind of stuff. All these things kind of change our state.